Speaks Louder words. From Warner Chapel Hello and welcome to Speaks Louder Words. As always, I'm your host Dave Reed, And I'm Elliot Childs. This episode is with Guy Connolly, frontman of the critically acclaimed Clock Opera. We spoke to him about how the band wrote its debut album, how work is going on the follow-up, and his creative endeavours outside of the band. Don't forget you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash warnerchapel UK and on our Twitter at warner underscore chapel. And if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast via iTunes. And remember, chapel is spelled with two P's and two L's. On a sadder note, this is my last episode and I will be passing over to Elliot. This has been an amazing experience and I've learned so much from all the people that I've met and chatted to. I am very grateful for this opportunity. So how you been? You alright? Yeah, very good. Good, very good. good. Thank you for, for coming in and, and seeing us. It's uh, No worries. Yeah, we've been wanting to get you on the podcast for a while. Uh, so what have you been up to lately? Because Clock Opera album came out a couple of years ago now? Yeah, it's two years ago now. Wow. Yeah. So... Um, so you guys working on another one what, what's yeah, happening yeah yeah we've been working on another one since before that one came out um, wow kind of taking our time I guess <laughs> uh, yeah it's coming together really well um, there's, there's, there's loads of things done or three quarters done um, but we're just kind of gradually letting it take shape cool and um, yeah so it's kind of progressing very nicely but Awesome. I'm not going to make any promises <laughs> sure. when or what, but um, yeah, it's feeling good at the moment. Cool. So how do you guys kind of start writing a clock opera album or a clock opera song in general? Like, How does that all come together? Um, well, I can definitively tell you when we've done it, but um, I suppose... It's th- the first one was started off with much more of me on my own because there wasn't a band to begin with mm. whereas there is this time so it's a bit more um, it's a bit more collaborative and a bit more involving everybody else okay. at an earlier stage um, but it still goes through a lot of kind of you know reassembling and disassembling before a song arrives and then that that doesn't mean that the song's there to stay either so it's probably why it's taken us so long <laughs> just, just kind of I think our motto if we had one would be um exhaust every possible option before deciding on the best one and then change your mind five times <laughs> yeah. so is that is it very much kind of a in studio process yeah so yeah we haven't played any gigs for quite a while we did one gig um, when was that getting on for a year ago sort of vaguely secret out of town gig just to try out a few more things cool do new do things. play new songs in that yeah 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 so we tried out a handful and that was a good learning experience and we plan to do that more I think it's um, yeah because we're kind of quite entrenched in the studio there's that whole process of do you finish a song and then try it out and learn what you mm. learn from live and then factor that back in or do you kind of just make loads and loads and loads of stuff and then work out how to play it um, and then realise you can't and then book some gigs <laughs> and force yeah. yourself into it yeah I think that has to be element of forcing ourselves mm. into it because um, the last one did did kind of change I know it's not radically but yeah we, I think people responded for different reasons differently to the live show to the album which is mm. often the case I, I know with, with bands but um, yeah we've tried to factor a, a bit more playing together into this one you know it's okay. been, spent a lot of time playing together 
because there was a lot of on the first album there was a lot of layering a lot of different yeah. kind of synth lines and guitar parts on top of that and then bass parts and yeah and all of that and there's only what four there's only four of four us of yeah. You guys. yeah yeah it's only eight hands and eight feet yeah and yeah there's a lot of triggering goes on um but yeah we've tried to make it slightly more easy on ourselves this time around with a few fewer parts but um you know we'll probably add a few more layers just before the deadline but um yeah i think it's a bit more empty this time around but then i think i've been saying that for quite a long time yeah <laughs> you strip things back this time and it doesn't really happen um, and then over time while you're sitting in the studio you think well i, I could just add another yeah, just one more arpeggiated synth yeah <laughs> but um yeah i think it's i think it's coming it's a bit different but we'll we'll, we'll wait and see cool so is it musically kind of a similar style the the synthy indie rock influenced kind of I suppose so yeah I mean, it's still yeah. it's still my voice it's okay. it's not I doubt it's going to be radically different I'm the kind of songwriter I am I suppose sort of inspired by the same kind of emotions and same kind of um, I don't know it's hopefully people will say yeah it's even better and it's it's like you used to be but a progression mm. that's what you want isn't it I suppose yeah I don't know but, um Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's still the same. Do you get influenced by people you listen to at the same time as, as you're making the album? Uh, yeah, I think well, you get influenced by anything that's around you, don't mm. you, really? That's did you did you find there was any particular albums that you were listening to with the last, with the first album you did, that you, you enjoyed and have you listened to those albums again this time around, or are you listening to new music entirely? Um... I don't. I've never really listened to a huge amount of music for quite a long time because I'm always making my own. So, yeah. but then you just end up in a bit of a self-referential soup. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think. I mean, I still like the same things that I was listening to before, but I don't listen to them as much, I suppose, because mm. yeah, you're looking for new new things or new old things. Mm. Um, I listened to a bit of sort of Peter Gabriel recently. Okay, it's one of those ones where people have always said, "Oh yeah, you must like." all that stuff and you don't really know it so then, yeah. so then you go and listen to it and then you like it and then they'll probably think oh yeah you must have been listening to something else and then that'll be what I listen to for the next album so uh, yeah I've been enjoying a bit of that and it's funny because I picked out a lot of kind of Bowie influence in the yeah. first album like it's specifically in I think your voice and the the phrasing and the melodies of things so yeah. was, there was a big kind of yeah, he's like a, a bedrock of influence, really. Kind of, I suppose I just assume that everybody's influenced by someone like him. But yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, a, I'm, yeah, I'm a huge fan. Yeah, cool. So you've been um, aside from Clock Opera stuff, and we'll go back to Clock Opera and kind of deal with the beginnings of it and your musical influences from an early point in, mm-hmm. a, in a bit. But you've also been doing a lot of stuff outside. Like you did all the music for the more four. Idents, didn't you? The yeah, yeah. So, how did that come about? And um, well, that was through Warner Chapel. That was um, we did a gig uh, for Channel Four people. It was quite strange. I was I was in the middle of a friend's stag do at the time, <laughs> so I kind of went down to Brighton, set it up, you know, bought loads of what you need to buy for a stag do. Came back. Um, played this very strange kind of they're always a bit strange they showcase gigs yeah. but they were all very forgiving and like when I told <laughs> them I was on a stag do it sort of made the whole thing like you know a challenge that you might undergo <laughs> um, so he played played a few songs and um, 
uh, yeah, and, and a little bit later down the line, they they were looking for someone to to do that. Um, and the kind of whole aspect, the whole sort of design, they'd made loads of little, you know, clicky clacky, mechanical coloured the tile things. Yeah, 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 and that sort of resonated with with a lot of the music I was making at the time, and um, perhaps that's why they made me have a go. So yeah, cool. it all kind of fell into place very naturally and um, stood on the telly so that's yeah. good do, do you ever watch TV and it, or Channel 4 and does it come on and have you ever I had don't that? really watch more for I don't, I don't know I haven't got a telly so oh, well, there you well, go that, yeah. that I'll just a spanner in those works yeah. I'll watch it to see if it's still on the telly um, <laughs> uh, every time you get a check for it it's like yep still still showing yeah. obviously well that's, that's yeah I suppose those kind of things are desirable because they keep yeah. going along Um so yeah, that was that was good. That was uh, I think that was a couple of years ago now. But um, yeah, I'm always doing loads of different bits and bobs. Uh, I sort of do some other composition for sort of theatre and dance. Oh yeah, from time to time. Um, so that was actually the last gig I played was in a, um, a theatre company called Tangled Feet. I, d- I wrote half the score and then we played not well, not the band but we made a new band to play the score as part of the the show oh cool which um, we did last year and we did again this year at Brighton Festival so we kind of closed Brighton Festival so that was that was good fun awesome um, and I've just finished doing sound design for the Secret Cinema show that's up at the moment oh wow um, the Back to the Future yeah one. the Back yeah. to the that Future one very was, exciting that does look cool I mean mm. obviously not for the people that turned up on the first night but <laughs> yeah that was a bit of a shame yeah it's been, it's been a lot of fun I've done a couple of shows with them now and um yeah, it's been uh, it's quite it's quite a different thing, really. Yeah, creating so the world of you know of, of recognisable films using sound rather than you know making a personal expression of a you know in a song. It's very very different, but I suppose it's transferable skills. So it's yeah, fun, yeah, yeah, definitely. So you you've had to do what exactly? So I'm just trying to get my head around what sound design for the. Secret yeah. cinema experience kind of that's encapsulates. I suppose that's something you learn, like working from working in, like you know, across film and telly and and, and bands and remixes and and all the, you know all these different worlds. People mm. in those worlds associate <laughs> sound in different ways or different, yeah. you know, different roles. So in this one, um, I suppose it's uh, there's a lot of music and bands playing, and there's you know there's people make noise. So yes. you know, if I was going to be <laughs> My sound design was like, well, you know, um, the people will make old design the crowd or take that into consideration. But it's mainly just making the world. It's like, you know, designing okay. designing a sonic world without, you know, making the noise of a crowd of people because there is a crowd of people. Yes. So you don't have to do that one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just, just kind of uh, extending your experience of, of the worlds that they make um, with, you know, designing spaces and... Mm. Um, little moments that happen. Yeah, it's quite fun. I mean, I love that film as well. So it's kind of yeah. well, that helps, doesn't it? Yeah, it's kind of openly challenging anybody to for, for a quote off in that one. I think I would have <laughs> it's I would a, done well. It's an endlessly quotable film. Yeah, that it's just full of great one-liners. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's brilliant. I guess we we should explain that secret cinema is kind of like a an immersive cinema experience where you just kind of go in and wander around this world that they create and then watch a particular film yeah just so that people that listen yeah, to this yeah. can sometimes understand. you don't know most of the time you don't know what the film is so you just no. buy a ticket and you go up and then you dress as instructed and then 
have a kind of immersive theatrical experience in the world of that mm. film and then it's kind of revealed what it is if you hadn't guessed already and um, but this one you do know because it's a lot bigger scale a lot more people yeah uh, yeah so awesome. it's, you know, it's pretty pretty different yeah so how does moving away from the sound design stuff because obviously that is incredibly different from the the clock opera writing process yeah something like the more four I dance or the theater work or writing music for a already existing production how does that differ from say writing a backing track for a clock opera song is there is there a huge difference is there a small difference it depends on on what you're making it for I mean there's quite often quite a strong crossover like um, 11th hour of our first album mm. began life as a um, a piece of music that I wrote again for Tangled Feet for uh, a riot uh, in 11 that was kind of my brief you know I was in time signature of 11 mm. 11 beats um, and so that's the piece of music was partly what then became the song. Okay. So in that instance, it was sort of fed in, you know, one one thing fed in, into the other very well. But if if my brief was, you know, something that doesn't connect with what I want to write about or what what kind of um, stems from from me and what I want to express in in the band, then it's then it remains separate. Mm. Um, yeah, as I suppose you. It's, it's working for other people for other people's vision is is good for someone like me because generally I'm working to my own one and then you know it's good to to realise that um, other people have opinions and, that <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's good to keep refreshing yourself and coming back to the band each time with, with mm. new ideas and new perspectives so. cool so do you just sit down and, and write a lot and then kind of decide what pieces will go into clock opera and, and what can be used for other things or is it no it's more compartmentalized than that it's, it's like you know these two weeks i'm i'm working on a score okay. or whatever and then if things if i really want to use something then it might hang on you know but otherwise they're quite separate like now i've just you know i've done that cinema job now i'm mm. just having a big band push to get a load of things finished um, cool yeah all right, let's now go back to the beginning. So your musical upbringing, as it were. So did you come from a musical family? So a lot of records and instruments around as a kid? or Not loads. No, my mum plays a little bit of keyboards. My dad doesn't. Um, had flute lessons, was really bad. Stopped. Had singing lessons, was really bad. Stopped. Uh, you know, did the whole recorder at class you know yeah and yeah, um, uh, kind of harsh and dissonant assemblies uh was bad at that stopped um i always think that those things could be almost like some sort of john cage like text yeah. score yeah where everyone's playing something. by kids yeah where everyone's just doing their own thing and it's completely separate from everyone else yeah. but at the same time it's meant to be that way yeah yeah, they could, there's a whole <laughs> avenue of that worth pursuing, isn't there? <laughs> so, yeah, you can see the progression, really. Tried quite a lot. Of, had had keyboard lessons. Did I mention that one was bad? Stopped. <laughs> so, what, 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 what clicked? What changed? Um, yeah. How old were you? In? 
I think my first band, I was only about 16, maybe 16. Um, awful band, <laughs> you know, like sixth form, uh, sixth form band, um, like doing terrible covers. Okay. And there's, there's, I think somebody's probably still got it somewhere. I, ho- I really hope they haven't, but there's a film of me at our first gig where, so I think towards the end of this, end of the gig where we, we, having to play a cover of Smells Like Teen Spirit for the second time because one of the guitars is broken <laughs> and the, the, the rhythm guitar player is trying to play a solo but really can't whilst the other guitarist fixes his guitar and I kind of walk off stage sort of holding my head in my hands. Oh dear. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was, that was bad. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know, Just I suppose perseverance would probably be the lesson that I learned earlier on just keep um, at it yeah I think like the first band was good I, I started after I went to uni and um, that kind of became other bands that became other bands that have led me to this point I suppose cool so what was your big influence musically growing up then like if, if your parents weren't particularly musical if there wasn't a lot of music around what kind of drove you towards music um, I don't know really I mean don't know why but I've just got this really strong memory of being sort of locking myself in a really sweltering hot car in summer um, you know like a dog <laughs> waiting to die listening to Dire Straits on my own really loud Wow! <laughs> so I, I don't know that's like sticks in my head I don't know why it's coming out now but but that, that sort of must be a formative memory somehow it's, yeah. not, it's not the coolest memory you've ever had but you know it's kind yeah. of it's probably melted part of my brain there's something to do with the heat and lack of oxygen <laughs> must have fused some kind of you know core that uh, the, the opening riff of that, money for nothing yeah I don't <laughs> know if that counts as inspiration but it's certainly some kind of hard yeah. wiring well, have you always been the creative kind of guy then are you the kind of person that does a lot of creative stuff but music just happens to be um, the thing that you channel towards most or yeah, that's an interesting question. I, I would say probably not. No, I'm like, I'm not, especially visually minded. I'm not. Um, I don't make things with my hands. <laughs> I'm sort of. You that know, beard I'm, would say otherwise. Though you look like the kind of man that could that build a shed. Hands. No, but you of, look like the kind of man that could build a shed. Right. Okay. Well, I yeah, I could, but it, it would it would probably fall down within six months. <laughs> That's that's this beard should also tell you that, <laughs> um, and I'd probably sleep in it, you know, in a sleeping bag rather than complete the shed with, with you know, consistently designed um, interior. So, no, I mean I I built a bed once. I don't know if that cool. counts. Yeah, was yeah. it from IKEA or was it from scratch? No, no, it was. I did actually. That's that's Amazing. probably the one thing I can tell you in recent years that I built and it's still standing. But no, not really. No, I'm, I mean, like in our band, um, Andy does a lot of the visual stuff that we've made mm. ourselves. He's sort of, he's very visually minded. Um, no, I've only really developed that that side of my brain, which is, you know, imaginative in terms of sound. And um, I don't know. I think it's just an instinct thing, isn't it? Any kind of mm. creativity is an instinct, you know, that you follow. Um, so. I dare say, if I dedicated myself to other forms, then I, I kind of like to believe that I would be able to do something. But I could never, I can't draw, for example. <laughs> I mean, I'm never going to suddenly be able to 
paint a picture. Um, although that was the first thing I remember wanting to do. But be a, an artist. Yeah, be a painter. And then I, I think I tried a, a self-portrait in front of the mirror, and it was it was you know ghoulish. <laughs> so you know that put a stop to that. How old were yeah. you then? What? I have no idea. I just I can just remember the mirror. And Fair then, enough. Uh, Sounds like you crave to be creative. The whole whole way through your childhood. I'm just gradually actually? ticking off things that I can't do. Just <laughs> You're just eliminating <laughs> trial what you there. can do. Yeah. yeah, it's like I said, you know, just exhaust all the other possibilities, and then and then that's that's you know that's the music <laughs> I'm left with. <laughs> Going back to clock opera again. The sound of the music is very kind of. There's a lot of synths in there. A lot of kind of manufactured, for want of a better word, that's. It doesn't quite sound right, but synthesized sound, as it were. Yeah. But all mixed with an incredibly... There's a real human element to it all, like along with the guitars and the bass and the um, kind of acoustic instrument side of it. But also yeah. in your voice and in the lyrics, there's a real humanity to it. So is, is that mix important to you? or? Yeah, definitely. Th- yeah. That's something you strive for. Yeah, I've always I've always kind of experienced uh, a gap in a lot of electronics music, you know, to in in that sort of emotion being being a central part of it. Mm. And I'm sort of a lot of my songs are quite emotionally driven, but but yeah, I'm you know really drawn to to techniques and, and processing and 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 electronic sounds. So mm. I've always loved the combination of that. I think there's a lot more of that around at the moment which I think yeah. is, which is a really good thing um, yeah that's something which is crucial to me I can't I think I get I get disappointed with electronic music that doesn't have that and I get bored with emotional music that doesn't have you know some kind of level of experimentalism mm. or, or, or um, you know that, that kind of delves into unusual or warped or you know affected sounds so you need something to keep you interested yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's it. Yeah, cool. One thing that I really enjoyed was the. I mean, you just mentioned this about the visual aspect of the the band and how mm. like you 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 don't add to that. But I got to say, I enjoyed a lot of your videos. Are you personally behind some behind some of the ideas in the videos, or is that you um, pass that no. around? No. Other um, bands themselves. Uh, yeah, I mean, collectively we sort of have a lot of say into. Well, we choose who makes them. I mean, Andy, yeah. Andy from the band made uh, two or three. I can't remember. Do you know which ones they were? He made Belongings. Uh, he made uh, White Noise with another director called Aoife, uh who then also made Lesson Number Seven. Um, and he made all our kind of fun making of stuff and a lot of the, and a few of the covers yeah. earlier on. Um, but yeah, we. I mean, but as it went on, we kind of just worked with with other directors that you know as we got really busy yeah. and um, that that came to us with pitches and we, we selected them and were kind of involved in um, you know a few of the decisions but generally yeah. kind of just wanted to let their minds run free do, do you see yourselves as a visual band or are you a sound band does that make sense in the sense that some bands have a real strong visual presence yeah. about them and it's very striking when you look through their websites and things it really hits yeah. you do you think do you feel do you feel like you 
are a visual band or would you say not I think that's important to us but mm -hmm. um, yeah and, and a lot of those, those decisions were you know we really felt were really important um, and yeah we were very sort of involved in making sure that was you know consistent I think as it went on the videos you know people really liked and, and became became known for that a little bit yeah. so in that sense yeah but yeah it hasn't been kind of like we're not making visuals yeah. at the moment so they don't kind of run concurrently one mm. visuals definitely feeds from the music i think uh there's a great sense of emotion in the music and it, the emotion also comes out in the videos as well all the visuals with clock up crying old people crying old people yeah that's pretty emotional stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, there is yeah. there is a, there is a great sense of emotion running through the whole thing, oh, and definitely. and the, even in the visuals, it pulls a little bit in a very nice way. Yeah, to the project, it, I think it's 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 done well. Yeah, I think yeah. those videos were sort of very much sort of we're keen for the, the directors to sort of have their say because they're you know as as one interpretation, but you know that that once and for isn't about crying old people. That's just his. That's what he he imagined. Um, and I think they in, they kind of extended the song in, in that way but then I, I suppose part of the danger is that then most people or a lot of people experience that song in that way so that's kind of quite fixed mm. and you know when I think of that song I don't imagine you know the, the tears yeah. um, no. so I, I'm always keen for people to be able to make their own um, interpretations but yeah. Uh, yeah definitely the visuals are very important mm. That's a weird thing I've always found with music videos is that it does kind of tie it all down to one visual experience and often it's one that I completely disagree with yeah. like, in terms of what I see in my mind for a particular song is not yeah. what's in the video. Yeah. And that... So maybe you should be making videos. Yeah, but I don't think what <laughs> I see anyone else would agree with either. I think it's just that kind of fundamental flaw of the medium. Yeah. I mean to make videos for yourself. Oh, just for me. Just so for me. I've got yeah. my own kind of collection of yeah. music videos for my favourite songs. Yeah. Well, you could. That would be an incredibly expensive hobby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I suppose quite self-important, but... Yeah. It would be fun. It would be fun. It would be very fun, but, yeah, I'm not sure how viable an option that is. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for coming in. Yeah. Pleasure. It's, uh, it's been very cool to talk to you at, no at long last. We'd, we've both been going over the album last couple of days and yeah. just really kind of getting into it and really enjoying it yeah. so looking That's forward right. to the next one yeah, yeah. me too <laughs> with no time scale right we, we don't know no that. pressure no pressure <laughs> cheers man speaks louder that words from Warner Chapel <laughs>